Welcome to Drive the Bid, the podcast brought to you by AutoHunter.com. Joining me today, as always, I have Jeff Sutton. How's it going? Derek Shakey. Howdy, y'all. And myself, Brad DeSantis. So first things first, a little business to get out of the way. What is AutoHunter? AutoHunter is a seven-day online auction. New cars launching every weekday, Monday through Friday. Cars start on a Monday, end on a Monday, start on a Wednesday, end on a Wednesday, etc. It's a seven-day auction. You are allowed to set reserve prices that are reasonable for your car. Our team will go over the price structure of the car before it goes live and make sure it's a price point that you are comfortable with and we are comfortable with. And if not, then obviously we'll find a different way to sell your car, which we can through classiccars.com. However, uh, the Auto Hunter... The Auto Hunter auction is a great way to get your car out there with maximum exposure. You know, we do a lot of extra pushing for your car. There's uh, TikTok videos and YouTube videos and Instagram posts and all kinds of stuff that gets in front of our hundreds of thousands of, of viewers, actually. It's a pretty big number. So it's a seven-day auction. It's $129.99 to list your car. Nothing is due until your car is accepted and your reserve price is agreed upon and everything's ready to go. That does currently include a photo session for your car as well, as well as all that marketing I spoke of before. Uh, the gentleman sitting next to me, Jeff Sutton here, he's also our, uh, I guess, one, of our, one of our, yeah, I was going to say media gurus, but he's our content creator for sure. Uh, you'll see a lot more activity if you go follow us on social media than we have in the past. Uh, lots of uh, short form videos on YouTube and Instagram and yes. TikTok and so we've kind of revamped everything. So both the Classic Cars uh, TV YouTube channel along with the Auto Hunter Cinema YouTube channel are both providing regular weekly content. So you should definitely go like and subscribe to those videos. Excellent. Yeah, we're we're, we're branching out into a whole new world here with the with the media content as well as the podcast. Obviously, we're going to have a bunch of video stuff. So please go and search us everywhere. It's it's Auto Hunter on all the platforms. Mm-hmm. So you can you can find us there, and I uh, particularly am enjoying the video series that's being put together by Dustin in our other office. He's doing the drivers of Auto Hunter or drivers of the Classic Car Network, and he's doing little I don't know five to ten minute vignettes on each of us that has an interesting car or an interesting car history with some neat videos and and who we are and, and what our car love is. So that's that's kind of neat to see. I think the last one he did is actually yours, Jeff. Yep. See yep. some uh, beautiful driving shots of Jeff's car. And if you can't get enough of his voice here, you can hear him talk there too. So, <laughs> yeah, you get the whole visual and the audio experience. Yeah. And you can see the 944 that gets mentioned occasionally on here. Absolutely. So, that's very good. So, anyway, that's a little bit of record keeping for this week's episode. Uh, we have a couple things to talk about. I think the last time we left off, we had asked Jeff to ask us questions. And, and we responded to Jeff's questions. We enjoyed that. We thought it was fun. Thought we are going to do it this time with Derek. He's going to ask us some questions. Uh, and we're going to go into our responses and opinions on those particular questions. I think that one of the plans is uh, we're going to open this up to listener questions eventually. But this is just kind of a, a soft run to go into that. So um, without further ado, I have Derek seated here to my left. He can ask us some questions. So, Derek, what is your first question for us today? Well, this is one that I know you guys are going to be able to uh, uh, talk about at great length. And it's one that really working here 
has uh, has popped into my head because I see so many candidates for this. Um, just learning about all the the vintage and collector cars that we run on Auto Hunter, so I figured this would be a great topic. Uh, the first one is, what is your favorite wheel design? Are we talking specifically like stock wheel design or? Yeah, let's let's go with stock because I know there's so many options out there. But you guys are well versed in automotive history and the cars you like, and you you like that's, new and older cars. So that's hard. Greatest stock wheel design is hard because there are a lot of good ones and a lot of bad ones. Yes, and each era they're very different. Um, it's hard to go wrong with like a '60s Ferrari Barani. Yeah, you know that really beautiful chrome and aluminum, you know, wire mesh design. Another big one is anything that was done in the 80s with a mesh style. I know a lot of the Volkswagens came with BBSs with a really uh, nice tight basket weave was really good. Mm -hmm. uh, my all-time favorite OEM car wheel, and no surprise to those who know me, is the deep dish five-spoke that came factory on the Starions. Shocker. I'm sure yeah. we're all very surprised <laughs> that Brad chose the Starion. Yeah, it's, it's, it's widely regarded beyond even just me as being one of the best designs, I think. Uh, people are really pretty pretty on it even people who are not into starions like the wheel design you'll right. see them on a lot of s chassis nissans in the 80s and 90s a lot of toyota pickups run them because the same bolt pattern they, they they wind up on a lot of vehicles well you know i think another good thing to point out when it comes to wheel design right is some wheels are designed solely for the purpose of going on that specific car right so do you like a wheel design because you think it's more versatile like the sort of multi-spoke mesh wheel that you were talking about brad goes well on a ton of cars there's a ton of cars that wear that wheel very well sure and then there's some wheels that are like eh, that really one looks good on certain cars and like for example one of the things that comes to me is the phone dial wheels that you'll find on some 928s mm -hmm. and the later 944s is i think it looks better on the 928 and because it kind of matches the sort of round fishbowl-y style of the 928 than i think it does on the earlier 944s now, the funny thing about that is one of my favorite places to see that phone dial wheel is coming from a background of Volkswagen enthusiasts is you see them a lot on Mark II Volkswagen Golfs. Hmm. And, it, and it requires an adapter to run it because the bolt pattern is different, but they look really cool on there. And a lot of Beetle people used to use them as well. Well, there's a lot of Beetle people that use Porsche wheels in general, right? There's right. lots of Fuchs and Fuchs variations that are often found on Volkswagen yeah, as we'll, well. We'll call that, uh, Volkswagen people call that OEM+. Plus. Hmm. We were taking the OEM parts from a different in-house brand and using them for the older or other brands car. And they call it OEM plus because it's, it's factory, but not. I like that. I like that designation. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That used to be a thing you'd see a lot. Uh, OEM plus is a lot of guys with the eighties Volkswagen Mark twos will swap in a later one, eight turbo golf drive line or a later one, eight turbo golf wheels or, the more comfortable uh, Recaros out of a different model in their base model. And so, so it's, so it is factory, but it's not factory. You're improving what the factory gave with parts. The factory made for other cars, either more expensive cars in the same era or cars in the future that weren't even around yet. So OEM plus. Which we actually sold a car on auto hunter that was equipped to be OEM plus it had cookie cutters. Oh, that's right too. Which are nine forty four wheels. Yep. Uh, Stock on the early cars. Yep. And they were on an orange and Volkswagen car. Beetle. Mm -hmm. 
uh, which is one of my favorite cars we ever sold actually yeah, we, we actually i'm trying to think i feel like we might have had a bus come across at one point that had like fuchs on it or something so yeah i'm sure we have yeah we've run a lot of buses i'm trying to remember the wheels on them but yeah we we do very well with those yeah we've had like all the generations of buses too um, uh, it's, it's funny going back to this the original question about the wheels it, it's it's very specific to era as well mm-hmm. you know i first brought up the the barani wire wheels in the ferrari but i mean you have a 1934 ford coupe you're not going to put a set of you know aluminum mesh wheels on it it's gonna be weird correct you know you, you want a set of like smooth steelies or the original style wires something right. like those so you can't really it's hard to pick a favorite because it all depends on the car you're dealing with and the same goes for aftermarket as well obviously but yeah um as far as wheel design like you know you like you said there's a lot of stuff that comes to mind that's just really cool in general like i'm a huge fan of the, the snowflake wheels on the trans ams the firebird specifically okay, yep. like the 77 trans speaking Am. of volkswagen they also have a wheel they call the snowflake and i believe the uh <laughs> lay the later trans ams even came with mesh wheels as an option right the gta the, uh, that's the kit gta is the car trim- firebird right oh no 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 the firebird from uh, the show you're talking about there, like the Rider. mid to late 80s. That was an early 80s. Couldn't those come with? Uh, that body style came with mesh wheels, right. but not on the same body style as so Night Rider was in 83. Right. It was a very early car. It had the aluminum wheel with the plastic cap over the top. Oh, yeah, not, not those. They yeah, were totally smooth. Not, not those wheels, but later I meant, like, on that along the line, like the, the redesign of the Trans Am later on, when it got softer bumpers and a body kit and a couple other parts, there was a version called the GTA. And the GTA came with mesh wheels. Uh, Fieros, actually, along the line of body Similar kit. Similar as well, yeah. Pontiacs, I think those had uh, mesh wheels as well, right? Yeah, the later cars did the GTs had mesh wheels. The GTAs are fun because the you think of a car with staggered wheels and the wheels in that car were staggered usually the deeper dish wheels are on the front uh, on the rear of the car on those gtas they were the deeper dish was in the front because hmm. of the way the brake design was the brakes could not allow for a deeper wheel in the back it was a strange thing yeah it's really weird I, when i was about i don't know 20 21 a friend of mine had one of those and we put put the wheels on the way we thought they were supposed to go, the deep mm-hmm. runs in the back. And we're like, yeah, that's perfect. And we walked away from it, and they tried to drive it, and it wouldn't move. Because <laughs> the wheel was literally bolted up to the brake caliper. So Whoa, what? Yep, because the offset is different on the front and rear. And the front has a deeper offset because there's more space, and the rear has a shallower offset. And it's very odd. That's and, annoying. Yep, very odd. That would drive me up the wall knowing that it's set up that way. So it is, but they look good though. One of the best, that's one of the best looking 80s wheels as well, actually, speaking of mesh wheels. Mm. Aftermarket wheels, however, this is a whole different story. Again, I guess it depends on era. Yep. But I have two. And and car style even. Euro versus JDM versus American I guess it, American depends, wheels. it depends on what you're into. Like I'm into 70s to 80s Japanese cars is my big thing. So I love a Watanabe. Those are really good. Um, there's also a wheel that I've been looking at a lot lately, which is a more modern wheel. It's the uh, Workmeister uh, CR, CR01. Five spoke with the really deep, like, yes, kind of curve to really it. deep yeah. offset. Yeah. yeah those are those cool. Are, I love those because I've seen them on uh, E36 BMWs, sure. like body E36 BMWs, and you see them on all sorts of JDM cars as well. And I did, they just always look good to me. Yeah, they're a pretty good looking wheel. They're for a more 80s, 90s style, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I, I like them a lot. But yeah, I would say the eight spoke design in general, which beyond the Watanabe is also uh, 
super light, mini light, makes the same one. Available on a lot of Anki, British cars. Anki and other made Japanese one cars. very similar. There's so many companies that have Panasport makes them as well. Mm-hmm. There's just so many that have made these wheels that it's. It's also like when you look at muscle cars, right? You think Krager and Torque Thrust, American sure. Racing Torque Thrust. However, the eight spoke wheel works in those too because all the SCCA Trans Am cars, or a lot of yes. them, ran the eight spokes mm-hmm. back in the day too. So there's not much cooler on like a 69 Camaro than a real deep dish set of. Uh, mini lights, or I guess they'd be, yeah, one of the brands. My brain is shutting down right now, apparently. Yeah, for the <laughs> sake of, I guess, being generic, I this is kind of funny because I think maybe my favorite wheels might come down the GM, and that might come from growing up with a Corvette, but the Chevy Rally wheels sure. were used on Corvettes and Camaros, and I've even seen them used for, like, hot rods um after the fact and i think they look great there too the sort of uh slots that are cut in there with the the caps that they have so i'd probably have to pick those because i think they're they fit a bunch of different build times well being that they suit even the stingray body versus a camaro yeah other stuff absolutely i I see them right up through like 80s chevy pickups yep yeah yeah they make them in a bigger like a 20 inch and then you see a slam c10 on them um, so I really like the Chevy Rally wheels a lot because I, I wanted the same Mopar, but the Mopar ones I know get a lot of hate from people. But they're just kind of ugly know. in I, some environments. I dig them in the right car, but they're not as universal as the Chevy Rally no, wheel. Right. And the other OEM wheel you see a lot is the Magnum 500. Yeah. Yes, Magnum 500. Because cool. that wasn't everything from I Mustangs. I was almost going to bring that up. Yeah. Mustangs to Buicks and everything in between. And actually, fun fact, it was a five lug version of an earlier British wheel. That came with a lot of MGs and other British cars called the Row Style. Oh yeah, so yeah. it's a very similar kind of style to that to that wheel. So yeah, there's a lot of them out there, and and there's there's certainly many choices uh, in what you change and put on your car for wheels because it's one of those things that's it's super easy to do. It's very easily reversible. So if you want to personalize your car with a set of wheels, you could change it back to stock and not hurt the value of the car. Yep. Because, again, a set of wheels is generally a very personal choice. And if you're going to change them, you're going to kind of alienate your buyer base somewhat. Because some people want the stock look of the car. It depends on the car. Yeah. I mean, it's very easy to go wrong. So, so. well, there's also, you know, we, we talked about who has the best stock wheels. But there's also opinion. companies that pick the wrong stock wheels, right? There's oh, for plenty sure. of cars that but terrible factory wheels. For sure. And sometimes the terrible factory wheel is actually so terrible that it's good so it works. Saab in general. Nobody likes okay. three spokes. Yeah. Saab makes it work. Actually, that's not true. There's a bunch of JDM wheels that are three spokes. A lot of people don't like three spokes. Saab made it work. And they yeah. ran three spokes throughout almost their entire run of cars. They there's, do look good on those. Yeah. yeah. There's also a lot of people that would argue if Saab in general made it further than it should have. <sighs> no. Saab didn't make it as long as it should have. GM killed them too soon. Well, that happened too. Yeah. Um, that's Especially because it's kind of a weird takeover, right? Because GM took over in the middle of them about to produce a new model. So the first model to come out under GM ownership was technically still a full Saab. Saab. Yep. And then after that, it was quite quickly, quite obviously, a Chevy Malibu. And then a Subaru. <laughs> You're right. A Trailblazer. That's Sabaru to you, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Sob's a whole episode we could talk about. That's That's true. That's a whole thing. So we're just not going to. Uh, Anyway, next question. Do you have an opinion on that? That, Yes. uh, Yeah. Uh, In fact, um, yeah, Jeff, uh, you you took the the words right out of my mouth. Now, of course, there's the Mercedes model blocks. Those are looking wheels. Specifically for like 90s Mercedes. Yeah. I guess kind of the late 80s cars too. 
Although uh, they looked a few couple years ago, I tested a an AMG GLS sixty three with I think they were if I remember correctly that's the crossover. You know, it's their big uh, three row SUV, like their oh, okay. SUV version of the S class. And if I remember correctly, that had black. 24 inch monoblocks on it holy smokes <laughs> it was an absolute monster uh but they they worked on it because it was it was a white you know white body and then mm-hmm. these massive black wheels so everybody was looking at that doesn't thing. don't the maybox that are coming out these days kind of have monoblock style wheels on them as well that i don't know but i know uh, about maybe a year or so ago they started offering monoblocks on the g-class yeah, well, those are already 6,000, 6,500 pounds or whatever, right? So you, you can add 150-pound <laughs> wheels if you want to. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're already tanks. Um, but yeah, the, the monoblocks, the, the Fuchs, those look great. Um, but my, the number one answer that I, I is always at the top of my list, Chevy Rally wheels, mm-hmm. Derby-style caps, C3, Stingray. Mm-hmm. It's just such a – I mean, you get the lines of the car – and just that the whole image of it, but it is just perfect on those wheels. Mm-hmm. And those do have, those do translate to certain other vehicles. Yeah, like the Camaro, well, the C10. They're almost kind of like stylized Steelies, which is why I think they work that's on trucks that's, so well. That's not almost what they are. That's 100% what well, they are. Well, that's yeah. why they, I think they work so well on the trucks. The Magna 500 is too. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's got, that's almost like. It's a styled steel It's kind of like Craigers too, with the way they do the five spokes, right? There's some elements of it that are like. Yes, they're all steel wheels, Brad. But when I say steely, I mean like the very basic. Well, yeah, there's there's a steel wheel and a styled steel wheel. That's what you're talking about there. And the yes. rally wheel is a styled steel wheel. Yes. Yep. And as far as uh, more, more simple wheel designs go, I like the look of certain older trucks and SUVs on white steel wheels. That sure. just looks good yes, to me. It's kind of like a race car thing. Sure. I 100% dig it. I actually saw one the other day. Especially was, like 50s and 60s American cars. Especially Ooh, if yeah, they're like the, the, the seafoam yeah. with the white. Yeah. Ooh, and it looks yeah. really good. An off-white. Yeah. There's, um, I probably brought it up with you guys before, but uh, it was a concept vehicle that Jeep released a few years ago for the Easter Jeep Safari. It was the Jeep Wagoneer Road Trip. And it was, yeah, like a light green and then white uh, steel wheels. It was just such a such an eye-catching combination but there was a simplicity to it because you know white is not a it's not the loudest color out there there's a a, you know a cleanness to it and it does stand out but it's not like you know it's not like you're putting neon on a vehicle right yeah but in an extent these days right there's a lot of chrome delete that we're seeing happen most of the time that's replaced with black plastic Right. So one of the examples I'll bring up now is now that you mentioned the Jeep is the Bronco is it Heritage Edition. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? So that has white wheels and also has a white front bumper, uh, which is a totally different change because that's normally a black bumper. Bumper or grill or both? Grill. Okay. Um, I just say bumper, I guess, because the whole front of the Bronco, right, is basically the grill. It's like so a bumper grill. It's a flat, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, the, yeah, that comes with white wheels from the factory. I think there's a white stripe on the side of the body, if I'm not mistaken, and then the white front grill. Yeah, it's, it's a good look on them, and it, it definitely stands out. And, yeah, uh, it's definitely a heritage-inspired touch, mm-hmm. but, but it totally works. So there's the answer is 
been voted, which is amazing to think that we landed on two of the same options there, considering the amount of wheels that exist. I guess we'll call it rally wheels rally is our wheels. general answer here. That's, you know, well, everybody calls them rally wheels, right? GM rally wheels. Yeah. All right. Next question, Derek. Okay. All right. So this is, I can drill this down a little further, but I figure I'll start with the broadest version of this. What is your favorite dead brand? Dead air. <laughs> I mean, do I have to answer with a car that I own or should I go outside of that? Well, I mean, just what pops into your head first. I mean, uh, it would make sense if that does because you own it. I own two cars from dead brands. Uh, one is a Plymouth. Oh, I totally forgot about that. I didn't even think about Plymouth for whatever <laughs> whatever reason. It's a dead oh, there's brand. There's quite a few out there. Yeah, yeah. it's a dead brand. I have that Sapporo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other is an NSU. Oh, that's super dead. Is <laughs> very dead. It's been dead since 1971. Yeah. Uh, I, in fact, the year of my car. <laughs> so good time to get it. I enjoy owning an obscure dead brand car. I don't know that it's my favorite dead brand, but I can't think of another one off the top of my head. Uh, there's a, so many brands that have come you and can gone. Be biased because you own them. I can be like I've always been a big AMC fan. Mm, oh yeah, a lot of weird too, yeah. AMC like muscle car era cars because they were yep. so ostentatious with it. Like because they were the smallest company, instead of just going, oh, we put a big block in it and a couple of stripes. Like we painted it red, white, and blue and called it the machine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Or Burt we painted it. Yeah, we painted it red, white, and blue, and we put the giant size of the engine on the hood with a huge hood scoop with an arrow pointing to this as air. <laughs> and we called it the SC Rambler. Just in case you forgot. Or supercar. <laughs> so they, they did some cool stuff in the late 60s, early 70s that a lot of other manufacturers didn't do. So I would say that my heart wants the NSU to be my favorite dead brand because okay. I own my NSU. Yeah. But my brain and the car that I always come back to is I really want SC Rambler. And I really want an SC360 Hornet. Hmm. Well, you can really, ride Dodge Hornet. I really want these things. It's probably never been spoken recently by anybody in the world, but I'm one of the few that probably does. But I really want one of those cars because they're they're so over-the-top ridiculous. You know, a Rebel the Machine or a, a Hearst Scrambler Rambler. Any, either of these is fine. Yeah, you can buy a Dodge Hornet, should you feel so inclined, the SUV. I could. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Open and shut. Yes. <laughs> but Brad, they've already received an astounding amount of orders for the SUV. Have they really for the Hornet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, they announced like literally like the day after the release. Like we already have like 7,000 orders. It's bizarre. It's, it's Mopar's first subcompact it's an SUV. Alpha. Yes. It's yeah. actually, it's not based on the platform you think. It's not on the Stelvio. It's uh, based no, it's on. it's a small alpha we don't get here. It's based on the, well, the one the, that's coming out. The, the ton- Tonale? Ton- or, yeah, yeah, there you go. It, Tonale. Yeah. 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 a T. That sounds right. Tonale, Tonale. But anyway, it's 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 an alpha. So. Well, they're all part alpha. of Stellantis. Yeah. One big happy family. Which, as we were discussing off air, is possibly the dumbest rebranding name ever. It's a corporate name. It doesn't matter. Which is why they should have just been insert corp company name here. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I would say that my favorite dead brand is probably AMC. It's a cool one. I mean, AMC kind of still lives on to a degree with the Jeep because the Wrangler hasn't changed much over yeah. the years. And AMC designed the first Wrangler. 
to replace the CJ. So I think I'm, I'm going to say some dates, and I'm probably going to be wrong. So you feel welcome to come I, in I here. Don't, I don't know the dates to correct you. I'm so saying anybody good. listening, feel welcome to correct me. But I think <laughs> 87 was the official like AMC Chrysler buyout. Hmm. And the first Wrangler was also 87. Yeah, I think that's right as far as the Wrangler. Uh, so I know that when the Wrangler came out, because it was developed by AMC, this kind of small niche brand didn't have a ton of money to engineer things. There were so many other manufacturers parts in it. And it was awkward for the Chrysler dealers when they first took on AMC and Jeep because mm-hmm. they were using so many like GM and Ford parts to repair these Jeeps over the years. It was kind of funny, but yeah, I think 87 was the end and AMC kind of died then. And the only car to really continue on was the Jeep Cherokee and Wrangler because they were both already in existence. The Renault Premier was sold as an Eagle medallion for like a minute or two. Nobody remembers those cars. Nope. You're all going, what are you I talking know what an about? I is. <laughs> because it's an Eclipse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's, 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 so many, there's so many moving parts to that story, but there were a bunch of AMCs that just kind of fell by the wayside. Also not the first time that Chrysler bought a company that was using other companies' parts to build their cars and discontinued something because of it. I guess they just rebuilt it and rebranded it and changed the stuff in it later. But uh, I believe uh, the Roots Group was bought by Chrysler, right? Building uh, Sunbeam Tigers with Ford engines? It may have been. I don't know enough to say yes or no about that, that. When the last year, the last, well, the Tiger ended production because of that, I believe. Hmm. When they bought the company. So it was, was oh, that 68? Huh? Was that 68? I believe it's 67. It was the last year of the Tiger, right? 64. Right, that's what I mean. So they bought yeah. it in 68. I, I, I don't know the numbers. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I do. So I'll yeah, leave well, it I alone. I think they tried to continue it and realized that you can't shove a slant six into a Sunbeam Tiger. And so it didn't work out. They could put a V8 in there. I don't think they had anything that they were willing uh, to so put in Chrysler there. So Chrysler of Europe purchased Roots Group in 1967. So you are you are correct. Wow. Let's go. They only let it run for three years because they dissolved the entire company by 71. So speaking wah, of wah. Dead, dead brands. Well, Roots wasn't really the brand. They had Roots was like GM. They had all the sub brands under Roots. Yeah, I suppose. Well, Sunbeam's so, not around. Sunbeam's not around. Either it's Humber or uh, Hillman or Talbot. discontinued? Because they were building stuff in the 2000s, I know, but are they still building stuff? I thought I heard you saw something somewhere. Where they you know, if you be... want to have a conversation about this with dead brands and going really deep, we're going to have to do a little more research because I don't want to speak out of turn. I don't know the answer to these things. True. I was not aware of the Roots Group buyover by Chrysler. That's kind of un- unknown stuff because Chrysler wasn't like, we own Roots Group now. We're going to make Chrysler Dodge Avengers in 1971. They did later on. <laughs> But like they had the Hillman Avenger and they didn't continue that as a Chrysler Avenger. So, uh, so MG kind of died in 2011. Okay. Under the ownership of Nanjing Automobile Group. So they bought by a Chinese company and then... And then died. And died. Uh, oh, man. We're in production for five years. I thought so, they were still around. I knew I knew about the Chinese takeover, but I didn't, you know, I didn't realize they were defunct. Yep, 2011. Wow. Um, so speaking of dead brands... Um, I thought about a lot of, I thought I was going to say something quirky like Saturn or Saab or Holden even. Uh, But then I realized Pontiac is dead. It is. And very. See, I I hesitate with Pontiac because let's be honest, the last 
year, like decade even of Pontiac production was not an exciting run of cars. Incorrect. Well, okay. Mr. I almost bought a GTO over here. Incorrect. GTOs are great. Well, I mean, and I remember the G8 even, right? G8 was great. Um, but G8 is great. G8 has still held its value. When I think of like what I like about Pontiac, I immediately go to, uh, I talked about Snowflake Wheels earlier, 77 Trans Am. I mean, I like all the Firebirds really. Um, if you're judging a company based on all solely what they did in the 70s and 60s. It's probably not the right. Yeah, company. probably. I, I like the 80s Trans Ams too. But what I'm saying is 60s and 70s GM in general, not just Pontiac. Like, I'd much rather have a 70 Camaro than a 96 Camaro. If if we play this to the what if scenario, so being that there is an existing Camaro, odds are we would have a Firebird. Uh, For sure. On the Camaro body. For sure. And if you guys are familiar with Trans Am Depot. I like the way that that car turned out. I would drive one of those if so I could for those get anywhere near the two hundred thousand dollar. No, price that's limit. the Camaro that has a body kit to make it look like a modern Trans Am, which we made a video on. So if you go to AutoHunter.com and type in Trans Am, I will refrain from giving Firebird. my opinion because it's very different from somebody else in the room, obviously. But I don't, I don't like it. So that's fine. Yes, not for me. I really like it. Uh, they also make a GTO that Which has the hidden headlights. It's modeled on the 1969 yep. model year of GTO, and, and the headlights actually flip over. It's not that bad, in my opinion, uh, from the front. The rear is not great, but the front is cool. So now that we're moving on to talk about this, to the three people left listening to the podcast after hearing Jeff's hot take on <laughs> modern Trans Ams, what is, uh, what is your favorite dead brand there? Well, there's something to like from, you know, a variety of brands like Pontiac, you know. You're going to say Tucker. No, uh, but you still won't be be surprised by my my answer probably. Um, The one that really has... Mercury man over here. uh, Well, well, you know, I was on the lookout for an 0304 Marauder. That is true. Mm. Um, But the, the one that's at the top of my list right now is Studebaker. Okay. I've always liked the Avantis, the the early ones. Uh, never driven one, but I've always just liked the design of them. You know, they're kind of quirky. They're different. Uh, and then you have... It's a Raymond it? Louis design, too. Yeah, probably should have seen that coming. What's that? Probably should have seen that coming. Got some ties to AMC. <laughs> the too, amount of so times that this. he's mentioned Avanti in the office. Yeah. We should have seen this coming. I, yeah. I agree with him. The Avanti is a very cool car. The except Avanti 2 is yes, not a very good car. Yeah, except for the Avanti 2. Yeah, I don't like the, the continuation the models. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the Avanti is a very cool car. The they round headlight ones. You could get them supercharged. Yep. Very the cool. R, R4? R2. 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 They came supercharged, manual V8, rear-wheel drive. Again, kind of in the same vein as the AMC muscle cars. Like, not as ostentatious, but definitely different but still in com- competition with the big three's main cars. So, And they set a lot of, uh, if I remember correctly, they set a lot of speed records with the Avantis back in the day. I wouldn't be surprised. It was a pretty mm-hmm. powerful car for its day. And then we they had, had an independent rear two in those? I think they did. I'm, I'm not sure I'm about speaking that. speaking up to her now yeah. again. I don't know, but I think they did. Oh, you know what? I'd like to uh, ask a technical technicality question. Um, if they did make cars at one point and then stopped making cars but still exist, does that count? I would say so. Okay, in that case, I'd like to change it to Triumph. Okay, they no longer build cars; they still do motorcycles. Yeah, but cars. I I think it's a different parent company. Triumph to like TR three all the way up to like TR eight. I think are all awesome. They're all very cool. Yeah, no question. So I would drive every single one of those. So Triumph. Hmm. Okay, that's a good one. 
I do like it. And um, touching on uh, one of the cars we've actually run on our site, going back to, to Studebaker, um, Brad, uh, refresh my memory, it was a President Speedster, I want to say. It was like a gray and like a coral color. Yep, mm, very cool yes. car. Those Sleek are lines, cool. great colors. Yeah, I mean, it's All just an interesting design. Those two-door, sort of like 50 sports cars, Hawks, anything in that style the personal luxury sports cars yes those are those are very cool and very over the top the 30s they had these gorgeous looking pickup trucks a very uh dramatic unusual but um yeah as far as vintage pickup trucks go they were very um sleek in comparison you know um but yeah very old but just i've never forgot the looks of those studebaker trucks back then they were not independent rear i was wrong oh okay well, not terribly surprised yeah. given the age and all that, you know. It's amazing how many brands have been discontinued. I almost think we should do an episode on this because I'm like, just more stuff keeps popping into my head about different brands. I wasn't even thinking about Studebaker. And then, uh, well, you know what? I was going to say DeLorean too, but they're not technically they're dead. Back. Yeah, yeah that, that's an interesting no, technicality. Dead, it's, a, it's a new company. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. you can make the same argument with Triumph. Like the company building Triumph Motorcycles now isn't. It's not British Leyland anymore. It's a totally different company. Right. So there's a bunch of that stuff, right? What's the uh, the one the building that's right next to us here? Fisker. Fisker. Fisker was bought by a Chinese company, if I'm not mistaken, and yep. restarted. Yep. And they just released. Uh, they first started by rebuilding the Karma, and then now there's a new car. Well, uh, that's the, the name. name of it. Rever- that's the name Rever- of the brand. Is Karma Rivero. now? Rivero. Rivero. Yeah. Yeah. Rivero. So that's right. Karma is the name of the brand. Fisker is the model. So it's no, like no, Karma no. Fisker. No, no. I think the brand is Karma, but the the model is Rivero. <sighs> they okay, also so made the original car again. It used to be the Fisker Karma. Yes. They were bought and then rebranded as Karma. Uh-huh. And now they're selling a car called the Rivero. Yes. Rivero GT. Wow. that's See, if you're going to buy and rebrand a company, why would you just throw away the name? I get it. That was the guy's name, right? He was Henry yeah. Fisker. I think Henrik Fisker, I want to say. Yeah. yeah. So he probably divested himself of it and obviously didn't want his name on it. It's what I'm guessing happened since they don't call it Fisker anymore. Okay. Hmm. So the Karma Rivero is not a new car. It's the Fisker Karma. Yeah. Just rebranded. Oh, they just renamed it? Renamed it. The <gasps> new car. That's even more frustrating, I think. The new car is the GS6. Oh, okay. That's a smaller one, right? I don't know if it's smaller or not, but that's their Does new. Does it also have solar panels on it? I do not know. And then a few, several years ago, uh, Bob Lutz, I want to say, was uh, behind a company that was taking the, I guess at the time, the Fisker Karmas, and they were putting, I want to say, V8s in them. Oh, yes, because I, yeah, I don't remember sense. the name yep. of the company. But uh, I thought it was an inch. And that's that's a whole other topic, too, is Bob what do you Lutz. Do with solar like, panels. <laughs> you used to charge a cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> 0.01% <laughs> per hour. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember what the what the whole deal there was, but I do remember there it happening. Yeah, so that's yeah. so weird. He he would be uh, he would be a very interesting guest if we were able to get him on this podcast because I've I read some of his uh, you know columns and uh, think pieces in the the magazines and he just seems like a straight shooting guy, ton of experience, and you know just. Tells it like it is, you know. Well, man's ninety years old, so get in the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway. Let's see. Any more questions or you want to move on here? Um, let's see. Okay. Um, 
So breaking away from the whole dead brand topic, um, or, you know, unless you guys wanted to stick with that, because then I've got a challenge as far as dead brands. I like a challenge. Uh-oh. Okay. A quiz? No, not a quiz. Uh, but it is a matter of discipline and, a, and selection. I'm out. <laughs> I lost you at discipline. Lost me at discipline. <laughs> okay, so I can go to a different question. No, no, then. no seriously, ask the question. I want to know. Now, now I'm genuinely curious. We can't, you can't lead and then drop it off. All right. So go into it. Okay. So what would your uh, three-car dream dead brand garage be? Okay, that's hard. <laughs> that's really <laughs> I hard. I told you it was, a, it was challenging. Oh, I've already got one of those answered, actually. Okay. I just need two more I, cars. I, I can do all three. Go okay. Ahead. Top of my head right now. Let's hear it. I can at least do two. Crap, I can do two. You can't pick the cars from the garage. <sighs> no. Well, I'm, I'm gonna, I can stay with the brand, though, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, perfect. So I am going to have a 1967 NSU 1000TT Taurus Trophy, hmm. which is their homologation race car. I'm going to have... A 1966, I think, AMC SC Rambler, for sure. Uh, and then I'd couple that all off with, I need something that's like a good daily driver kind of deal. Right? So three cars total. Give me a Plymouth Trail Duster, like a 1973 hmm. Trail oh, Duster. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So... I have my off-road camping vehicle. I yeah. have my muscle car, and I have my little sports car. Okay, and I'm, yeah. a, happy, and I'm a happy man. That's good coverage right there. Before I answer this, is Lancia still alive? Do we count Lancia? They as are living? still alive. Are you sure? Because if you look at their website, it doesn't look like it. It's a sad existence, <laughs> but they do exist. So you cannot Shoot. you cannot use that. Okay, um, Alpine A110. That one's easy. Wait, Alpine's still around. Didn't they release a no, new that's version another, of it? That's another case of a brand that died and then oh, okay. got reinvented and then they built the new car. Oh, all right. And then that one's limited to production, right? Aren't they done building those? Probably, yeah. Because that came out a few years ago. Yes. Uh, I believe the proper pronunciation is Alpine. Because they're French. It's an Alpine. And Brad is literally holding his pinky up as he says that. Alpine. Alpine. <laughs> no, you can't use that accent. What's the French pronunciation of Alpine? Oh, I don't know. Baguette. <laughs> um, okay, Alpine A110, I guess, and I'll put an asterisk or question mark next to that as Are the new one or the I, old one. Old one. Okay. Um, and then I guess because it's defunct brands, the, it can't be the current. The one Michelle Maton would have driven to start her racing career. Sure. Um, and then 77 Trans Am. Because Smoking the Man, it's the greatest car movie of all time. And I think that's undisputed. If you want to argue that, you can catch I'm me outside after work. I 100% argue <laughs> that, but that's okay. Yeah, if you want to catch Jeff's hands, uh, yeah, meet him outside. Yeah, catch these hands, meet me it's outside. It's not even the best cheesy 70s car movie. But anyway, moving on. What? It is the best. It is just the best. Somebody's never seen Cannibal Run. Time. And then, oh, I, what? I... First of all, Cannibal Run makes references. Burt Reynolds makes references to Smoking the Bandit. He sure goes, does. Should we get a Black Trans Am? No, that's too flashy. Right. I know he makes references to it. Right. But as a car movie goes, Smoking the Bandit is a car. It's one car. As a car movie goes, Cannibal Run is lots of cool cars. Right. But all with ridiculous driving lights on you them. Know, They're awesome. I, the other movie I'd give it a lot of credit to is the original Gone in 60 Seconds. 
Sure. It's actually a really good movie. I would argue the gimmicky stuff that they do in the original 60, Gone in 60 Seconds is better than the new gimmicky stuff in Gone in, in the Nick Cage, Gone in There's 60 no Seconds. Because like the stuff they do to hide stuff in the original one is so much more like clever. First off, Nick Cage wasn't in the original one, making the new one better. Making the original one better, I mean, because Nick Cage wasn't in it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't dislike Nick Cage, but it's not what I would call... Subtle, a subtle, or a great actor. However, nobody in the original Gone in 60 Seconds was a great actor either. But mm. I do enjoy the original a lot more. The newest one is it's very, I mean, it's not even new anymore. It's almost a classic in its own right, right? Yeah, like it's 90, like 22 years 98 old. 98 or something. It came out 2000. I don't even know. Something like that. Yeah, late 90s, early 2000s. A long time ago, and it did not age well. Um, let's see. Okay, last car. This is tough. There's a couple cars that come to mind. Either like a TR7 V8, kind of like the rally car, but I'd also really like a TR6, but I'd also really like a Plymouth Barracuda, or a Cuda specifically, the high-performance version. We're going to give you the muscle car because you already have a rally car. But I have the Trans Am too. That's kind of a muscle car. But this is Jeff's dream. It's It's his dream garage. It's true. I want all of them. That's (laughs) my... (laughs) All right, since you wrote the question, Mm Mm-hmm. What's your answer to the question? Yeah. Well, this may come as a shock to you guys. All the Avantis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them is the Avanti. Um, another one. Two Studebakers and the Hispano Suiza. <laughs> Did you no, they're, they're back, too. They just unveiled that ugly purple thing. Did they? Yes. But that might be one of those technicalities, too. Which they also built guns, for those of you that don't know that. I think you were telling me about that. Yes, yeah. they built like 20 millimeter guns and stuff in the U.S. Bought a lot of them as well. My favorite crossover transportation uh, small arms manufacturer is Royal, <laughs> is Royal Enfield. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they started as a gun manufacturer <laughs> and their motorcycle, they, they started as a gun manufacturer, went into motorcycles and their motorcycle divisions um, ad campaign was literally built like a gun. That's so, funny. Yeah. Play play your strengths, right? Yep, absolutely. It's funny. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely an Avanti, round headlight model, early, you know, the early first run models, sure. right? Mm-hmm. Um, second one, okay. I through working here, I have discovered and developed a taste for the twenty fifth anniversary Pontiac Trans Am because it's white and blue. And it's got white leather seats. But I think if I was just picking one Pontiac, I would have to I shout out to my future father-in-law, Hugo. He used to have a 78 Trans Am. Yes. Loved that car. Yes. It was taken from him prematurely. That car Aww. was stolen. So uh, I would want to get a 78 Trans Am just like his. That way, you know, he would... It would be there. Could drive it, you know, uh, chill. Uh, and then another one. Um, there are there are a lot, and <laughs> some of you out there I know are gonna just kill me for this. But um, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Save we, your energy. We, we know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, one that I really again developed a taste for just organically is like a '90s early to mid 90s i guess i can blame seinfeld for this in a way early to mid 90s red sob convertible no that's totally no i would drive that somebody's paid two hundred thousand dollars for one i'm bringing a trailer so that's true no (laughs) everyone for crazy money it was a delivery mile car but it was still like 
190 or 240 grams. Some dumb number. Wow. Yeah. Something that really doesn't need to exist. Quickly, go out and buy all the sobs now. <laughs> no, just the ones with 200 miles on them. Just the ones with 200 miles on them. Still in the, the factory showrooms. Listen, I dust. drove a 97 sob across country earlier this year. It was great. They're good cars. Yeah, unfortunately, it's no longer with us thanks yeah. to a uh, big old jerk. But it's, uh, yeah, anyway. But you so, are, Brad. That's the important I thing. am. Yes. I am still here. So, sob safety. Yes, yeah, I was not very safe. I don't know the convertible ones, but the uh, <laughs> the four door nine thousands are uh, they'll take a hit. That's I'll, I'll give or you that. You can also buy the nine two thousand. That can take a hit too. Yes, <laughs> Saab nine thousand. Uh, anyway, moving on from this, a couple quick things I wanted to get into before we go. Uh, Derek, you had a recent experience with car buying, and you used one of our business partners here at Auto Hunter. Uh, you want to talk about that a little bit? Oh, I would love to talk about that. All right. We got a couple minutes here to go over that. Yeah. So uh, I was on the lookout for a, a personal car. And as you guys know, at great length now, I ended up buying a 2008 Ford Mustang Bullet. Yes. Which and is sitting outside. Yes. And uh, yeah, just a lot going for it. Great shape. 25,000 miles. I mean, it's the second best looking car in the parking lot. Second best. <laughs> no, honestly, today it is the best looking car in the parking lot. It's a good car. It's nice. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I uh, found it at a dealer in town, and um, I, I went through you know the normal process, and I met with the person in the finance office, and they said, okay, well, this is the rate, and it was a little higher than I expected, and she she also told me, well, you know, you have three days to find a lower rate and get back to me. So I said, okay. And I remembered, I was like, okay, well, one of our uh, one of the uh, funding sources that you know, we recommend to our buyers is a company called the Lightstream. And uh, I started looking more into it. And uh, Brad, I reached out to you and I reached out to one of our uh, other colleagues here, Chris, about, okay, well, what's the process like? You know, what, you know, what do I have to look out for? Things like that. And uh, you all were very informative, gave me confidence in it. And it turned out to be so quick, so easy, and a much better rate than I was going to get otherwise. And uh, basically, you know how it works is you you fill in your information, and it is uh, the auto loan is collateral free. So I didn't have to input the VIN number for the vehicle. They don't hold the vehicle as collateral, and um, you know of course they go off of my credit score, and um, they generated a rate uh, with the terms that I specified. And then I just went through, I signed, and then they ask for the account that you want the funds deposited to uh, in one lump sum, and then the account that you're going to pay the note back from, and your credit card info just to verify your identity and particulars and things like that. And so let's see, I got, I picked up the car this Saturday, and I filled out the application with Lightstream Monday night. The funds were deposited into my account midday today, Wednesday. And I went to the bank, got the check that I'm going to use to pay off the dealer for the car and then begin uh, paying off the note through Lightstream. So quick, easy, much better rate than I was initially anticipating. Uh, my monthly payment is lower. The total interest, of course, is lower. So it was a great, uh, very positive experience for me. The cool thing about that is you can finance something that's not, you know, 
two, three years old. Because the problem is you're buying an 08 yeah. Mustang. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very nice car, 20,000 miles, gorgeous, clean ownership history. Um, I mean, awesome car. Couldn't have got a better car. But it's hard to get a traditional bank to do any kind of financing for a car that's that old. If they don't they, understand those car people. hundred <laughs> percent. You know, they say, what? This car should be $500. It's yes. so old. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? Yeah, exactly. So they, don't, they don't really understand that. So the beauty of this is now you get it through a company like Lightstream. It is unsecured and which is good and bad, obviously for them, but good for you because say you want to sell this car next year. You don't have to wait for the title. Yeah. You sell the car with the title to the customer and take mm-hmm. the cash and pay off the loan rather than like, all right, sir, give me some money. We'll mm-hmm. pay the car off. I'll eventually get the title when I get it. It's so much easier to yeah. sell a car with the title in hand. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a much better way to do it. So congratulations on the new car purchase. Thank yes. you very much. We're all sufficiently envious. I think it's probably the right word for that. I won't say jealous, but we're envious. We'd all like to it's have a pretty a, sleek car. It's a pretty yeah. cool car. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I um, didn't look for any black chargers on the way home. It's not in the Monty, oh, yeah. though, so I don't know. It's true. I have, then again, Jeff, what is? You know? <laughs> and a <laughs> But not the later ones. <laughs> so I think I'd like to end this episode the same way we end all of our episodes. Uh, do you, fine gentlemen, have a particular favorite car on the site today? I sure do. Well, since you're so confident about it, let's have you go first. <laughs> okay. So we can judge you. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> it wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be this part of the show without the judgment. So my pick that's currently on the site is, uh, and it ends in four days as of right now, is the 1993 BMW 740iL. Okay. And this is kind of like the bullet to me in this way. The bullet is I would a, really like a, to hear this. Yeah, because so I was going to say, I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hear me out. Okay, so V8 Mustang, right? Like, you know, a lot of them, uh, you know, they have uh, maybe like, uh, you know, the spoiler in the back or, you know, super loud exhaust or, you know, a bright paint color, right? Okay. The bullet, dark highland green, so an unusual color low keats on the darker side and then you've got the you know the dark wheels right doesn't have a spoiler doesn't even have the the pony up front right it's pretty as far as mustangs go relatively nondescript right and this bmw okay yes it is a bmw it's a luxury car but because of its age and because of the fact that it's white it's low key it's it's quiet luxury so it doesn't, it's not super flashy. It doesn't scream, look at me, but you've got leather, you've got wood trim inside. You know, it's a larger car. It's a seven series. So it has this opulence to it, just as the bullet has power, but it goes about it in a low key way. I like that combination. Okay. I'll let it go. I still think it's a slide to compare a two-door Mustang to a four-door German sedan. I'm not saying physically. I'm just saying the the vibe of it. Well, they're the, both the, famous from movies. Yes. The Bullet Mustangs from the movie Bullet. remote control. And this is the 740IL would be a movie from uh, the James Bond movie. Well, the one he drove in Tomorrow Never Dies was the next generation model, um, but it was still a 7 Series. Or maybe I'm thinking of, what was the other one? Transporter, first transporter at a seven series, too, didn't he? That was yeah, the next generation, was, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, these are not as, um, these are again a little, a little more low key. I'm sure these have been in movies, but you know, the next generation model got more play. Right. Your car, um, 
It's a hard choice. I was going to pick this Mustang we have, but it ends tomorrow. Hmm, okay. Uh, because it's a 68 Mustang California Special. I saw that. Yep. And yep. it's in the right color. It's the same color as uh, as Naomi's car. We have a Acapulco Blue 68 hardtop. But moving on because it ends tomorrow and because I actually would choose this car next. So when I was a small child, uh, my grandfather had a 1963 Corvette Stingray convertible 327 four-speed car mm. in Marlboro Maroon with nice a black color. interior and a tan top. Yeah. We have a 1966 Corvette Stingray convertible it's in Marlboro gorgeous. Maroon. Yeah. Currently on the site. Ends on the 14th. It's the same color as my grandfather's 63. Has the same knockoff wheels. It's the same basic car with the four-speed. This one's got a 383 in it, but whatever. It would probably drive very similar. I just, I have lots of memories of that car as a child from when my grandfather owned it. And then when my grandfather unfortunately passed, when I was only four years old, my father inherited the car and he had it for years afterwards. And I, I have a lot of memories of, of riding around in that car. It's one of the cars that made me the car guy that I am today. That's um, a nice I don't, color. I don't love mm-hmm. Corvettes. I do love that Corvette. C2 Corvettes. Specifically, I, Marlboro Maroon ones. That will. Yeah. I, I think that shape even can do no wrong in terms of what color or Coop, look. Convertible you put on it. color yes. doesn't matter. Stock, hot rod, I don't care. Yeah, I just see twos. Just I really want to see two Corvette. I I I always <clears throat> excuse me. I never want to sell my Camaro, but mm-hmm. if I were to sell my Camaro, it'd be to replace it with a C two Corvette. So they're, they're unfortunately the value wise is totally separate. <laughs> but so that was actually my alternative car. Um, so I will pick now the other car, which is a 1970 Ford Torino GT yeah. in blue with a 429 Cobra Jet. Speaking of subtle, this is the most subtle 429 Cobra Jet car I've ever seen. Yes, it's it's the the blue almost makes it look mundane. Yep, it looks, um, like, it looks like an unmarked police car from the front but, almost. See, to me personally, I've always thought the Torino and sort of like the Cyclone bodies have a very aggressive look to them just because of the way the front end looks. And then obviously their NASCAR racing history is one of the aero cars too, um, to go ahead and take it. This one's not one of those, but just these cars in general, I think are very like low key muscle cars. And I'm honestly, I'm surprised the values aren't higher for these because I think they are just as good as any it's other. 100% the cheapest way to get into a yes. 429 Cobra jet yes. car. And Super I, th- cool. I think, th- I personally think they look great. They I, do. I, I love oh, yeah. them. Yeah. Very muscly and great. Excellent, so, excellent choice. Thank you, thank you. But like I, I said, I, I would, would be the vet too. I would be happy with that over the vet as well. But they're both fantastic. All right, gentlemen. I think that's going to wrap up the episode. Uh, be sure to follow us at all of the social medias at Auto Hunter. So that's the Instagram. I know we have the Instagram. What am I? Hundred Instagram. <laughs> Instagram. Work on TikTok. We have TikTok. Yeah. We have YouTube. YouTube. We have a Facebook page, of course. We have any any anywhere that uh, you, you would think to find us in social media, we're probably there. So find us there. Jeff is putting out some killer content uh, almost every day or every day. So there is always content going up every day. It just depends on the, the type of content. Okay, um, but there's some kind of content going up every mm-hmm. day. Yep. So you could follow us for an act, active content. Lots of old, lots of cool old car stuff. Lots of fun facts. Some interviews with some celebrities have gone through. The videos that Dustin's putting together with the drivers of Auto Hunter is fun. There's a ton of stuff to see out there. So make sure to follow us all. But on that note, everybody have an excellent rest of your day. And we'll talk to you all next week. See you.